0: It's the Stinking Truth podcast with your host Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth podcast. Your host Mark Schlereth, along with my co-host, that is Mike Evans, Millennial Ben, produced in the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at BetRivers.com. Also, Dude Wipes. Love my guys at Dude Wipes. Dudeproducts.com. Uh, enter the promo code STINK15 to get 15% off all your Dude products. Tell you what, once you uh, use the uh, Dude Wipes, you'll never go back. I mean, I t- a clean can is a happy can. I've always said that. Also, hey, by the way, speaking of your can, uh, check out my uh, green chili as well. You, you know, I will tell you what, that'll clear you out, and you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Stinkinggood.com. Set up your uh, Super Bowl party. Order today. How are you, buddy? I will have mine. Yeah. Try, oh, hey, listen. Super Bowl Sunday, I sit back on the couch, mm-hmm. and it is a American tribute to greed and sloppiness. Do you know that? <laughs> I it's, will just, I you, will just get so full on Sunday. Do you know that Super Bowl? So what do you think it ranks in the in the like in the American Is probably not the right word, but from from the standpoint of holidays where the most food is consumed, where does the Super oh, Bowl Oh boy. So like for a one-day caloric intake. Yes, yeah. I would still think Thanksgiving is number 1. Mhm. Uh, but I would say I'd say this is number 2. Yes, you're 100% right. Am I 100% right? Okay. 100% right. This is number two. Over 1.4 billion chicken wings will be consumed. 50 million cases of beer. 50 million. America. Pizza. Pizza. French fries. Nachos. Oh, man. I tell you what, it is a- uh, One thing I'm going to insist that my wife make, in the crock pot, Swedish meatballs. Ooh. Oh <laughs> you love the Swedish oh, meatballs. Oh, I love the meatballs, Mark. Mm, little I little wonder little what little meatballs. Norwegian meatballs taste like. <laughs> right. Right. They're right. probably not sweet and tart. Oh. They'll probably just have gravy on them. Oh, delicious. Oh, so I love the well, Super Bowl meat. week is here. Yeah. I mean, how about it? How Are excited? Is this? Are you excited? Are you excited about Cincinnati Rams? Is America excited about the Bengals and Rams? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think America, anytime it's the Super Bowl, you're excited, right? And I think uh, so cool for 55 or 54 years, 54 straight Super Bowls, never a home team played in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. Last year, Tampa Bay won it in their stadium. This year, the Rams get a chance. To win it in their stadium. But I think people are excited about it. I think people are excited about the Rams being there and Matthew Stafford. And and I think people, you know, love an underdog story. They love the Cincinnati Bengals story. And so I I think that part is exciting. You know, ratings wise, would it be better if, you know, if it was Kansas City and San Francisco or Kansas City and the Rams? Probably. But I mean I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the matchup. I'm excited for Joe Burrow. I'm excited for the Bengals. I'm excited for the idea of guys who have proven themselves to be great players and gain the chance to crown their career with with that Super Bowl. You know, you take an Aaron Donald who you have repeatedly for the last few years said, this is the best player in football. Mm-hmm bar none this is the best player so you'd like to see a guy like that get rewarded I think a guy like Stafford who toiled for obscurity anonymity just just I think it's been proven maybe held back obviously by his surroundings in Detroit able to escape and you know cap off his career or add to his career that thing that's been uh, missing for so long you think about this if Matthew Stafford And the Rams win a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford's going into the Hall of Fame. Ooh. Because now he'll have the ring to go with the numbers. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, his numbers are, you know, he's always 4,500 yards a season. He's had, you know, a 5,000-yard season. He's always around 30 touchdowns. Probably has more interceptions than he'd like. But part of that, a large portion of that was playing in a situation in Detroit where, Matthew Stafford has to be the man. Matthew Stafford has to make a few bad decisions. If we're going to win, Matthew Stafford's got to take a couple of chances with the football that you probably shouldn't take if you had a complete team, if you had a better football team. But we don't, so therefore Matthew Stafford go take some chances. So your interception totals are going to go up just because of that. But if Matthew Stafford ends up, and I've always thought, and you know this, that he's an elite-level quarterback, but all of a sudden you win a Super Bowl and you have a couple more years of competition with the Rams, you're going to the Hall of Fame. You would about a guy right now who's got 50,000 yard career passing and 323 touchdowns. Put a Super Bowl in there, and then still be able to play for another three, four years yeah. at a pretty high level. Yeah, you're right. You would he had he stayed in Detroit, continue to get you know beat to a pulp, never win a playoff game. Then then there's a big question mark, and you you probably don't. Like, it's amazing. You you change the atmosphere. You change the narrative. You change, you know, the place where you play. And all of a sudden, this is the result. Now, all those things that happened in Detroit where people were like, well, I don't know if Matthew Stat, I don't, you know. And I'd be arguing with people all the time. Ah, well, why doesn't he win? How come he can't take his team to the playoffs? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you just watch. And, you know, you see what he's done here. And it's a couple of, you know, storylines are always big, Mike. But there's some good storylines here, right? Last thought on Stafford. Yeah. And I'm interrupting because I'm about to give you a compliment. God, I hate doing this. But I've mm-hmm. had to do it with you calling it a long time ago about San Francisco. Don't let them get hot. They'll, they'll be a real problem. Yeah. But back when Stafford was traded, you said, I'm telling you, this guy's an elite quarterback. And I, I, I'll admit, I, I push back. I'm like, come on, man. If he's that elite, and quarterbacks are so important in today's game because how they can single handedly almost lift a team, why couldn't he lift Detroit? Yeah. In all those years, and and you know, to your credit, I'll give you credit. You insisted, no, this guy is an elite quarterback, held back by his time in Detroit, and based on this year, you were right. Yeah, well You were right again. I mean, I think a I think a lot of times what what people see, like when he was with Detroit, there was always they always had a plethora of good receivers, of you know, tight ends, guys that could play. And you see the highlights, right? You see you know, you see uh, Megatron going for nineteen hundred yards in a season. You see some of those highlights and you're like, wow. You know they're compiling numbers, but you know when you cover the teams and you start really looking at them in depthly, it's the things that they don't do well they They can't dominate a line of scrimmage He had one he had one running back that ran for over a thousand yards in that time it was Reggie Bush he had like a thousand three um it just was it just was one of those things where he never had in my mind a complete football team around him, and so yeah, I always, I've, I've, always been a big Matthew Stafford fan. So good for him. But the storylines, like storylines, are great. Matthew Stafford's a great storyline. Um, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, your potential. You get, you get the opportunity. You played in Super Bowl Fifty and won the MVP with the performance that you had. Like, could there be another defensive MVP performance? So you start looking, and you know how it is. It's always quarterbacks, right? Th- those are always the the potential MVPs. Even last year. Tom Brady wins Super Bowl MVP, and it really should have been Devin White. I mean, I don't think there's any question. But I start looking at this matchup and going, why not Aaron Donald? Why not Cooper Cup? Like, you know, Jamar Chase, do you have a chance? I, I, I think there's some – you know who the last running back to win the MVP of the Super Bowl was? Last running back to win MVP – off the top of my head, no, can't think of it. Terrell Davis. That's right. Okay. Super Bowl thirty-two. Yep. So it's been it's been some time. And Twenty-five you know, years. Yeah, you know it's always going to be, you know, the quarterbacks are going to get the lion's share of the uh, the credit. But uh, I I just find that stuff intriguing. Uh, Joe Burrow. I mean, the way Joe Burrow played in the AFC Championship, you telling me he couldn't win the MVP? Of course he could. That that Cincinnati couldn't win this game? Absolutely. Um, I, I just think it's a, I think it's a, an intriguing matchup to say the least. You've played on three Super Bowl winning teams. You mm-hmm. never played on a Super Bowl losing team. All you know is no. winning. What about the Bengals as a, a young team, one of the youngest teams in the NFL, walking into this kind of a week, this kind of an atmosphere? Will their youth help or hurt them? You know, Mike, I think that you've looked over the last few years and youth is never the issue. Sometimes the team that's been there before has played with the most like pressure. Um, So I don't, I don't think youth, I, I think that Cincinnati to a degree is playing on a lot of house money right now. And so I don't know necessarily that there is a lot of fear they just seem to have, and it probably comes from their quarterback, they seem to have some, some swagger about them. Um, you know, I mean, they, they've, they've certainly earned it. There's no question. So it's exciting. I mean, it, it, it's an exciting opportunity, and I think that you look at what they've been able to accomplish. I mean, look what they've overcome. They've overcome a game on the road against the number one seed where they gave up nine sacks and still somehow found a way to win that football game. Then they go off to Kansas City. They're down by 18 points. Kansas City is dominating the first quarter and the first half, and somehow they find a way to shut Patrick Mahomes and that offense down in the second half and end up winning that game 27-24. So, like, there is a certain amount of, hey, we're playing on house money. Nobody ever expected us to be here, and that's you know that's okay that that's like let's just continue to go shock the world like that's that's a powerful position to play from and I played from that position I've played that as as a member of a wild card team that went on to face a Green Bay Packer team that was considered a juggernaut at the time and like there was you know nobody gave us a chance you were you were covering the team nobody gave us a yep. chance to win that game yep. and um you know and there was a lot of pressure to me that was off in that game because I'm like, hell, if we lose this, I mean, I think we're going to win it. But if we lose it, pfft, come on. I mean, nobody expected us to be here anyhow. All right, well, we'll have a chance later in the week to really dive into the matchup and keys to the game and who you like and why. But some other NFL-related uh, topics to get to. The, the, the fascinating coaching search, the controversial coaching vacancies. Another one got filled over the weekend. Mike McDaniel. Mm-hmm. All. Five foot seven, one hundred and forty-six pounds of him, the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, Mike's been doing it for a while. You know, it just goes to, like, it goes to show you. Interestingly enough, like, the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, coaching tree. Like, you go back to that Washington team that Mike was in charge of. Lafleur was on that team. Sean Pay or Sean uh, Sean. Uh, McVeigh was on that team. Um, Kyle Shanahan was on that team. Uh like and, and all McDaniel the was there. Mike McDaniel yeah, was there. Yeah, Mike too. McDaniel was there. Yeah. All those that so there's four coaches now that are head coaches that were all part of Mike Shanahan's coaching tree. And then, you know, between Kyle and you look at Kyle Shanahan and and you know, and Sean McVeigh, I mean McVeigh now is gonna have Kevin O'Connell. Yep. Right. He's gonna have uh who else is coming off that, off that team? Oh, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Nathaniel Hackett's off of the McVeigh, or – no, he's off the LaFleur tree. Right. Which is off the – No, off the, the Kyle Shanahan Kyle, tree. Kyle Shanahan tree, right. So, you, yeah, you've got the Kyle – you've got the Hackett. You've got the, you know, the uh, Robert Sala in the New York Jets. Now, that's not offensive, but he came off of Kyle Shanahan's. So, if you're looking at current head coaches – I saw this stat – Current head coaches in the NFL, as of right now, eight of them have roots back to Mike Shanahan. Yeah. Look, you got that kind of legacy, that kind of imprint that you've made on today's NFL, never mind what he did as a coach back in the day when he won two Super Bowls. Mark, this guy should be in the Hall of Fame pronto. Like, immediately. Yeah, do not pass, go, do not collect $200. You're, you're 100% right. I mean, a lot of the thing, a lot of the base concepts, all the base concepts of matching the, the kind of, quote-unquote, West Coast passing tree with the wide zone and tight zone run game, all those roots go to Mike Shanahan. The roots of the motion in the back, out of the backfield, and outside the numbers to declare whether you're in, you know, man or zone, and and just to get a read on what the defense is doing, pre-snap for the quarterback, like, all that stuff. Like, all that stuff can be traced. A lot of that can be traced to Mike Shanahan. So you're 100% right. Like, Mike Shanahan is, should be in the Hall of Fame. Without question, should be a Hall of Fame coach. Should be inducted right now. I mean, I I can't. Recall a a guy whose coaching tree has taken root so strongly. I mean, Belichick's coaching tree has withered and died. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I I think you'd have to go back to Bill Walsh, right? Yeah. Ironically enough, Mike Shanahan from the Bill Walsh tree. From the Bill Bill Walsh tree. And you know what you really trace it all back to? Bill Walsh is the goat. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Yeah, if you're thinking about if you're thinking He's the about, OG. He is the OG. You're thinking about this this offense in general. Yeah. That goes all the way back to those San Francisco days when they were a dominant franchise, you know, when they were they were just winning championships. Uh it's it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing what's going on. And and you're hundred percent right. I mean, you look at all the teams that are running a form, just off like off the top of my head, running a form of what is the west coast offense, right? I mean obviously the Jets are running it. Uh Cincinnati's running it. Cleveland is running a form of that. Um and the Colts, uh, Jacksonville, Denver, Kansas City, you know, the Raiders. Gosh, a Washington. And eh, maybe not so much Washington. Um but Half the league at least, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just go into Chicago was running that last year. Uh, I don't know, Iberflues, what they'll run. Green Bay, Minnesota, yes, yes. On both of those, Carolina is a yes. Um, Morphing into it, New Orleans is a yes. Tampa's no. Um, It just is, it's pretty, Los Angeles Rams, yes. San Francisco, yes. Seattle, yes. Like, you look at it, man. Over half the teams are running... um, a variation of that of that offense, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. What a legacy, and uh, we'll see it on display. Uh, you know, come Sunday with the with the Rams and the Bengals. So there you go. Should be fun. Should be a good week. Should be a great week. Can't wait to uh, continue to break it all down. Thursday we'll have great matchups for you. We'll kind of talk about all those things. Hopefully, I, I think. Well, Minnesota is. Minnesota I, I think there's only one team really left because right now Houston is talking about Lovey Smith. Right. Being their main guy. Obviously we know in Minnesota it's Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. Right. So he that leaves just what the New Orleans? Saints. Just the Saints? Just the Saints. Only the Saints. Only the Saints. Okay. Saints the last to go marching in. Yep. All right. We'll see what happens. Uh for Mike, I am Mark. Thank uh, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Check them out at betrivers.com. My guys at dudeproducts.com Dude slash or, or use the promo code STINK15 for 15% off. And uh, make sure you go check us out at stinkinggood.com. Green chili, queso dip. You're going to love it. Stinkinggood.com. For Mike, I am Mark. For Millennial Ben, we thank you so much for listening to the Stinking Truth Podcast.